0: Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Perspective Transformation Radio, enjoying its tenth anniversary, often the number one live airing broadcast on Blog Talk Radio, and reaching a global audience of over 185,000 listeners. During this hour-long interview-style program, you'll meet perspective transformers who come to share their most pivotal, life-changing insights and aha moments, offering you instant access to life, leadership, and God-loving seismic shifts of your own. We encourage you to invite friends to join you here now, or share quotes with attribution, and also reach out to our sponsor, womenspeakers.com. Womenspeakers.com is the most popular online connecting place for Christian event planners and Christian women speakers since 2002. I'm your host, Marnie Sleberg, and I encourage you to grab a notepad and get ready to meet today's Perspective Transformers. Welcome, welcome. This is Marnie, and you're joining us for God's surprising and big plans with our guest today, Sharon Wilharm. During this next hour, you're going to discover the stories behind these truths, that when God closes the door, he doesn't want to sneak in through windows. When God calls us to do something, he doesn't always mean for us to do it immediately. That God is the master of -of out-of-the-box thinking. And what a blessing it is that God doesn't limit himself to our puny prayers. We're going to talk about when God calls us to do Goliath's tasks. He also provides the slingshot. How God takes each of the pieces of our past and applies them to our future. You'll be learning about ideas are a dime a dozen, but it's what you do with them that really counts. The world judges us by their understanding of Christianity. And when you're beat down solo, there's nowhere else to look, look up. That's when we look up and see the face of God. Our speaker and guest today is Sharon Wilharm. She's a female filmmaker and a public speaker who has been part of the movie industry for over a decade. Sharon views life from a filmmaker's perspective. She loves entertaining, inspiring, and encouraging women with her stories of reels and heels. And you can learn more about her at her website, SharonWilharm.com. Welcome to you, Sharon. So excited to have you here with us today.
1: Thank you, Marnie. I am so excited to be here.
0: <laughs> well, I have loved your ministry since I learned about it a few years ago and just love your heart. You are a God seeker and it's fun to hear your stories. I'm excited to get to share some of these today with our listeners because you have seen God do some pretty cool things and maybe some surprising things things in your life and through your life and so as we get going I just encourage you guys to um, take some notes as well as just prayerfully consider what God may be inspiring in your heart so Sharon let's go ahead and dive right in with your first quote which is when God closes a door he doesn't want us sneaking through windows
1: yes well you know, when I was growing up, like, it seemed like everybody was always telling me that. You know, they would always say, oh, if God closed the door, you just look for a window. And, and it seemed like really good advice. And I'm a very determined person and persevering, so I'm like, okay, I can do this. And so that's what I would do. And every time, you know, I would think this is what God's calling me to do, and then he would close the door, I was always looking for the window. And perhaps the biggest example was in speaking. And I remember the first time I ever um, stepped in front of an audience, and I'm like, oh, I like this. You know, this this is cool. I like being up here. And then it was a number of years later that I was in college, and we were at this um, BCM Baptist Campus Ministries event, and got they had this powerful speaker that was calling people to to go into various serv- areas of service, and and it was a wonderful sermon, and and I remember listening to it, and oh, uh, you know, I was like, oh, oh God, this is so exciting, you know, and and I felt him calling me to do something, and um, I was just like, you know, okay, God, this is great. What am I supposed to do? And I very clearly hear, heard God say, I'm calling you to do something, but I can't tell you right now. And I'm like, what does that even mean? <laughs> you know? So, um,. Later on, uh, God gave me a vision, and it was with me. And this is the only time I've ever had a vision like that. But I very clearly saw myself on this stage, and I was speaking to these people, and the excitement level was great, and it was packed out. There was all these people, and I was up on the stage, and the lights were on me. And the problem was that the people were in the dark, and I couldn't see who they were, and i couldn't see what i was hear what i was saying and i was like oh you know god this is great this is wonderful you want me to speak to people and so i literally spent so long trying to force it to happen mm-hmm. and that wasn't what god wanted me to do right then he was you know giving me a vision for later And the Bible is full of that. You know, how often in the Bible does God say, this is what's going to happen, and everybody gets so excited. You know, probably the most famous example is with Sarah. You know, she knew she was going to be the mother of nations, or at least God had promised her husband that he was going to have, you know, all these descendants. And so she took things into her own hands. She looked for a window and all Mm -hmm. the problems Mm -hmm. that it caused and you know just recently I ran across we were at my parents house and I saw the this little canvas that I had painted when I was a teenager and it had a picture of a door and it had a window and it said when God closes a door look for a window and all of a sudden it hit me and I'm like no you know I have been looking for windows my whole life Mm -hmm. and God when he's ready he swings Mm -hmm. open the front door and it's like, mm-hmm. welcome, come on in. He doesn't want us like some kind of criminal sneaking around in the bushes, trying to crawl in an unlocked window. And so, you know, I I try to remember that now when I, when I find myself wanting to go through a window because God isn't answering the way I want him to answer. Mm. It's
0: really interesting. It's kind of a fun um, step back and look at that same phrase that we've heard our entire lives. You know, when I yeah. close the door, just look for a window. But I, I was thinking as you're talking about revelations, it talks about how the, the God opens the doors for us. That, uh, And I have this picture of me being a little toddler with my hand, arm up over my head, holding onto my daddy's hand, you know, and that I go up to a door and I push it. If it doesn't open, I'm, I'm so little. If I, if I can't open it, yeah. I just go to the next door and I just wait until the, the door opens that he's opening for me instead of. Me trying to use my muscles to push it open, which is, I think, kind of the gist of what you're saying here is, you know, if we wait for God to open the doors, those are the ones that we want to walk through. I I love that, too, the concept of him showing you a vision, but it wasn't for right now. I've had that happen in my life as well, where you have a vision, but then you have to wait for it. And it's not that you're supposed to go make it happen right now.
1: Yeah, and see, that's where, you know, I so often like, you know, I, I'm like, I, this is a good thing. I'm supposed to be doing it. Why are the doors closing? You know, and I'm just doing yeah. my hardest to slam that door open. And, yeah. you know, that's not how God mm-hmm. works. Well, and that kind of goes into your next one, which is
0: when God calls us to do something, he doesn't always mean for us to do it immediately.
1: No, and that is like my hardest lesson in life, because I am a go-getter, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, I am ready to work. You know, some people, they're afraid to to follow God, but I've always been like, oh, God, I want to do great things, and, you know, I just want to do all this stuff, and I, I kind of leave God behind sometimes, because I get running ahead and just forget that He's supposed to be leading but, you know, I shared the story about when I had that vision, and I thought for sure I was going to be speaking to these people. And, and so I tried to make it happen in various ways, and, and I did. I would, you know, through the years I would speak to all these different people, but it wasn't turning out the way I thought. And I kept, you know, praying, God, I don't get it. I'm supposed to be going through the story. You gave me this vision. Why isn't it happening? And then God called us into um, making movies, And it was not something that I wanted to do at all. It was my husband. He had always wanted to do it, and I kind of got dragged into it. And I went kicking and screaming, going, I don't want to do this, God. This is not what I want to do. But then one um, night we were having a movie screening, and we were at a church. And I, whenever we would have a movie screening, I would get up in front and introduce it and everything. And at this particular one, it was the first screening of this movie. And we were at a church and it was packed out. And I mean, the excitement level was so high. And I'm standing up there on that stage introducing it. And the lights are on me and the audience is in the dark. And all of a sudden, it hits me Hmm. this was it? But I thought that I was going, you know, I had seen the vision differently, and God was saying, Hey, I've got a different way for you to speak to those people. And so He used movies for me to speak before He really gave me a speaking platform. And it's really funny because that particular movie I was introducing was a silent movie. And so it's huh. like God took the girl who loved to talk and took this movie that doesn't have dialogue, and it has literally been around the world, and they've mm-hmm. been able to use it in other countries because there's no dialogue, so no there's connection. no you don't have to have yeah. you know subtitles or anything, and yeah. it's just so funny that how God did that.
0: That is so cool. I, I remember one time a lady called me and she said, um, Marty, I don't know what you're going to think about this." But I'm going to tell you something. She said, I hope you can receive it. And she told me that she had had a vision of me. And it was me. And I was standing in front of a group of women. And I was, it was like, I was handing out white robes. And they were dancing um, in their white robes. And I was, I was up in the front and I was just laughing. I was just in joy. I was just laughing, laughing. This happened. And I said, wow, well, that's really cool. I, I don't know what to think about it either, but that's really cool. And then years later, um, when I was in Africa, I had an experience that was just that God showed me. This is that moment, and I was standing. I was watching the women worship, and they had just received a lot of freedom in the spirit. And, and I was standing there, laughing, just in the spirit, just so happy to see their joy and delight. And just it just hit me. Here I am, and you know what you say. This quote: When God calls you to do something, He doesn't always mean for you to go out and do it immediately. Uh, so many people in the Bible had to wait. I think about Moses, especially, um, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, God had a calling on his life since he was born, uh, but he was way older by the time he started his ministry, Joseph, David. I mean, so many people had to wait a long time before they saw Noah, you know, 100 years to yeah. build an ark, uh, <laughs> or so to just to just be very patient and to just continue to trust God. That's so cool. The next one is God is the master of out of the box thinking.
1: And you know, like, you know, when first when God when I had that experience at the, um, at um, BCM retreat. And, you know, when I felt God calling me, but it's like, you don't even know what I'm calling you to do. I can't tell you. And if God had told me at that moment, someday you're going to make movies, I would have just, I mean, I would have just laughed. I mean, I would have been Mm -hmm. like Sarah when he said, you're going to have a baby. I would have just laughed because I didn't even watch movies. My, I, I, I read books. I was a bookworm, and, you know, I'd gone to a few movies, but it was not something that I was interested in. And it's just so wild to think that God would take somebody that read books And pair them up with, you know, a guy who wanted to make movies, but he's, my husband is very quiet and very reserved and I'm the outgoing one. And so he had this dream to do this, but he couldn't do it on his own. And God's like, I've got to put you two together and together you're going to have the skills that you're going to need to do this. But it's so out of the box, you know, for us to be, you know, we're not Hollywood people. Um, We're just two very ordinary people. And so it's so cool how I would have done things a lot more boring, I think, than he would have. <laughs>
0: uh, I was thinking about oh, when I was in school, I struggled all the way through school. I really didn't learn how to read proficiently until I was an adult. I was just always struggling, 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 struggling. And then finally, when I was out from under the pressure of school, my mind freed up and I was able to read. And then I just, couldn't stop reading I was just reading everything but to look back now and find you know I've written 13 books um, and I was the little girl that couldn't read and I think that what you're saying here is this we limit our own thinking to what we think we can do what we view as our strengths or as our areas of interest and God's God's perspective of things is so much greater than that
1: yes yes so much um, you know, can I go back? I just realized something i didn 't share about God waiting because I have another sure. really cool story that I want to share um, we had We did a movie called Providence, and you know, I said how we'd done the one um, silent movie, and it it did. We used it with missionaries and things like that, um, and it was an evangelistic movie because it was about um, a Bible being passed to all these people, and then we were getting ready to make another movie, and it was a love story about this couple that had, um, they met as children and they knew each other through the years, but they didn't get together until they were adults. And as I started writing it, I realized I wasn't writing dialogue. And so I was like, you know, I can't believe I'm making another silent film because, like, when we did the first one, we would send it to distributors and they would, like, I like it, but I don't know what to do with this. (laughs) Like, what do you do with a silent film? And And we finally found a place, but I was like, God, we're making another Silent movie. This doesn't make any sense. This one's a love story. This isn't even evangelistic. But I knew that God was telling us to do it. And so we made the movie. And then it got time for us to um, do something about it, you know, like to get it out. And we wanted to try to get it into um, at least a theater. And we were looking into options because we didn't know anything about theatrical up to that point. We'd just done DVD. And so we asked, we started looking online, and we found this thing about AMC um, Independent, and it had this form, and it said, hey, if you'd like to enter your film in AMC Independent to be considered in AMC theaters, just fill out this form. And so it was late at night, and we filled it out. And I was literally laughing as I filled it out because I'm like, this is so funny. You know, we've got this silent faith-based love story, and I'm submitting it to AMC. You know, this is funny. But I filled it out, and then like an hour later, um, we got a response and said, hey, can we see the screener and your marketing plan? And it was like, okay, we don't have a marketing plan because we weren't really planning on doing <laughs> this, but we we put right? something together. You know? <laughs> it's like, okay, this is really cool. And so um, they accepted us into the AMC Mm. Independent. And then they said, what you need Mm. to do is each theater will make a decision. So you can submit to the different AMC theaters. And then they will decide whether they want to show your movie or not. And it it was going to be like a full week-long, full theatrical release, which was way beyond anything we were expecting. But we didn't have any AMC theaters in Tennessee. And so um, it was really cool because with that particular movie, we had cast from all over the United States. So I just put out a word to everybody. I'm like, hey, you know, if you have an AMC theater near you, just let us know and we'll submit to them because we wanted to do them where we had some kind of following. And so one of our lead actors, uh, Rich Swingle, lived in New York City. And he said, OK, you need to submit to AMC Empire because it's the one at Times Square. We're like, Rich, really? We're not going to get a the empire, you know? Maybe Oklahoma City or you know, Atlanta. But he's like, Well, what have you got to lose? So we submitted, and they accepted us. And we're like, huh. Oh my goodness, that's crazy. And then he shared this story with us. He said um, years ago, he and his wife had moved to Manhattan. And right after they moved there, they went to go see a movie at the empire. And he said as he was coming down that escalator, he prayed that someday he would be going down that escalator after having seen himself in a movie that had screened there. And he had never been in a movie before at that point. He was a theatrical actor, so he traveled around doing this one-man show. But from that point on, he started doing some movies, and he had been in, I think, about 12, somewhere between 12 and 20 movies he had been in before hours. And he had been in some pretty big movies like Beyond the Mask and Alone Yet Not Alone, but he had smaller parts in those. And those didn't end up showing in AMC Empire. But our little movie where he had his first romantic lead,
0: that's the one that made
1: it. And I'm like, how sweet is God? It took eight years from the first Mm -hmm. time he prayed. But God just went overboard because He could have given him a big movie where Rich had a small part, but He gave him a little movie where He had a big part, just to show how awesome God was.
0: That is so cool. That's so cool. And and I think that the key the key is to remember that just because we get a vision doesn't mean that we're supposed to go make it happen. Um, yeah. We'll have a part. We'll have a part in it, of course. But that um, I always do this thing you guys can do this with me right now, where you put your thumb and your first finger together as close as you can, but not touching, you know, just leave as small of a space as possible between that thumb and that first finger. And I always say, that's my part. And then if you stretch your arms out both ways, uh, one arm out to each side, like the cross, um, just stretch it <laughs> both out. And then I say, that's God's part, you know, <laughs> and I love to yeah. that. Of course I'll have something that I get to do some small parts, But to just remember that my part will be very insignificant and small compared to what God does, it keeps things in perspective and keeps us humble and really grateful. Then when it comes, when it comes around, then then the only response we have is gratitude instead of like, well, finally, or, you know, (laughs) whatever else we might experience. Yeah. Yeah. You have another thing. It keeps you humble. Oh, go ahead. It does. (laughs) It does, and, that's, and that's, that's where God likes us to be in, in a position of dependence mm-hmm. and gratitude instead of in a, in a position of demanding that he hurries up and does it our way. The next yes. one that you have is what a blessing it is that God doesn't limit himself to our puny prayers. And I like that one so much. I remember years, <laughs> ago, um, years ago when I was uh, playing piano for worship service, and every Sunday before I'd go out, I would stand in the back room, and my prayer would be, God, please let me not mess up and be a distraction this morning. And that was that was what I would pray every Sunday. And then one Sunday, I was praying that same puny prayer, and God just put in my heart, Marty. really, is that the best you can ask for? And I was like, oh, uh-huh. right, I suppose, <laughs> I, I suppose I could pray that you would use me <laughs> to Maybe yes. drop me into worship or something, you know, instead of just tell me to not be a total mess up, you know, but I, I love this one because God doesn't limit himself to our puny prayers.
1: No, I mean, so many times I, I can think back of all these times that I prayed and like you, I was just praying for just little things, you know, like God, just give me the bare minimum kind of things. Cause yeah. I mean, like with, with our movie, like with that, like with Providence, all I was thinking of is maybe we could be in one theater, you know, just a one local yeah. theater. And, you know, that's all, that was the limit of my prayers, of my dream. And God is like, I can do so much more. Just go ahead and test, not test, but, you know, just see what I can right. do. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's okay to pray big. God may not give us big but he's certainly capable and i feel so often we limit ourselves um to just those little things that um i know we were in a um there's it's uh, icbm is like it's the international christian visual media i think that's what it stands for but it's like the film industry um organization and we entered Providence in that, and we were just kind of like, okay, God, just if we could just get nominated, because in that one, it's only just nominations. And so, you know, different ones are nominated for different things, and we were like, okay, God, if we could just get nominated, that would be amazing. And that's where, you know, you have all the big films and everything, and that was the extent of my, of my vision or my prayer for that. And then not only did God end up, getting us nominated, we ended up getting nominated for four awards. And Mm. I was like, wow, that is so crazy. And so we were perfectly happy with those four nominations. Uh, We were just excited. We were up against War Room and Beyond the Mask and all these amazing movies. Mm. And in that case, once we got nominated and we were going to the awards, I was just like, God, you know who needs those awards. I don't care about the awards. I am perfectly happy just being nominated. You know, thank you, thank you. And I just felt so grateful that we were just nominated. I didn't care about winning. And we ended up winning four awards.
0: Wow. (laughs) Wow. God, that
1: is so crazy But, and I I think a lot of it is I was like, you know who needs it And I guess he decided we needed it Because we had decided we weren't making any more movies And Mm. as a result of that We ended up making Summer of 67 Because I was like, well obviously God's time Tell us something Because I said who needs it (laughs) We didn't need it, so I guess we need to make another movie (laughs) But uh, Another time when we When we were first married We had coin laundries And uh, My husband had a chain of them when we first got married, and so I kind of fell into it. And we lived in Florida where there were hurricanes, and every time a hurricane would come, we were always worried about it getting, you know, hit by a hurricane. And one hurricane came, and it did hit Pensacola where we were at. And when we were coming back to check on the laundromats, there was one area. We knew that area had been hit really hard. And so the whole time we're praying as we're heading, you know, down the streets to get to it, my husband was just like, just let us have walls, just let us have walls, just let us have walls. Because we had heard that as long as you had walls, they wouldn't make, you know, you could rebuild. But if you lost the walls, they would make you tear down the building and, you know,
0: you'd mm, have to start from scratch. Huh.
1: So he's just praying, let us have walls, let us have walls. <laughs> we're just driving along and we get there and all we have is walls. <laughs> we have no roof. <laughs> the windows are gone.
0: Wow. We have walls.
1: And we're like, you know, we should have prayed for more. <laughs> <And> I guess <laughs> God God gave us exactly what we prayed for. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Well, you know, and I, I
0: think sometimes I think sometimes that's okay too, but but I do think he wants to I think he really does want to bless us. Um bless us more. And I love I love how you phrased this, that it's a blessing that God doesn't limit himself to our puny purse and, and that we can just, we can just trust him for big things. And even when we only have enough faith for just walls, I mean, you were actually yeah. grateful for walls, you know, I mean, walls, were, we were. Yeah. you know, walls were what you really needed in order to avoid having to start over when we were selling our, our store and our restaurant up North. I remember the store itself, the building was extremely difficult to sell. Um, It was just a very large building in a town that didn't need, um didn't really need mm-hmm. another store. And so mm-hmm. we we knew that that would be really hard to sell. But early on, early on, God just put a phrase in my heart that I just kept saying over and over. And as I'd be like cleaning the warehouse and as I'd be, you know, just working in the store during the time before it's sold, I would just pray for the perfect buyer on the perfect day in the perfect way with the perfect pay. And I would just keep yeah. praying that over and over. And however perfect was, I don't mean like perfect, like from right. my perspective, I just meant from God's perspective, you just send us the perfect one. And how it ended up in the end was just so amazing The people that bought it didn't even do anything with it. They just gave us money at, to have the building there empty for over two years with nothing happening in it. They just bought it almost as if they bought it so that we could, um, I just, you know, when I, when I think about God and how he does, how he does things, it is, it is so amazing that he's willing to go beyond our limited thinking and our small prayers and to give us his best actually to just to give us what he has in mind instead of just what we can conjure up in our
1: minds. Oh, I know. I see. That's what is so such a relief to me to think that I don't Mm -hmm. have to pray the perfect prayers for God to bless me with what I need. You know, if I pray puny, he can still bless me. If I pray big, he Mm -hmm. can still, you know, like, it's not really about what he does. It's more of us just being thankful for whatever he does, because he knows best. He knows so much better what we need than we do.
0: It kind of goes into your next one, too, which is when God calls us to Goliath tasks, he provides the slingshot. So not only does he have the idea, but then he provides the resources we need to carry it out.
1: He does. There are so many times in my life that I just feel so inadequate to the task, and you know, I'm just thinking, God, why on earth did you call me to do this? There are so right. many people that are more talented right. that right. know so much. Why are you calling me to this? But, you know, God is always making it clear this is what you're supposed to do and all you can do is your best. And I think of when um my daughter was in high school, she competed in National History Day. And it was her, her passion. She just loved it, and she went on to nationals twice and had gone to state. And But one year, she had won several – she had gone to, like, nationals the year before, and she didn't even win at regionals. And she was just devastated. And, you know, we were just kind of horrified, like, this is her thing, and she'd worked so hard – and our Secretary of State, um, Trey Hargett, ha- he was one of the, like, special guests there, and he was giving out the awards. And he saw her out in the audience, and these big tears are falling down from her, and she's trying to be brave. Oh, but, you know. And so he kind of motioned for her to come over, and, you know, she didn't know who he was, and he, he walked over, and he's like, are you all right? And she's like, yeah, you know, but I didn't win. And he said, well, did you do your best? And she's like, well, well, Yeah. <laughs> But he's like, well, then that all, that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that, she ended up having a, an internship with him, um, mm-hmm. which turned out to be really cool and a lot of cool things. But, mm-hmm. you know, I always remind, all right, did you do your best? Well, then that's all you need to do. Mm-hmm. And that's all God expects is he calls us, he expects us to do it, and he just takes care of the rest.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think that the um, – Well, the principle that I teach is is the flow-through vessel, you know, where we aren't supposed to be performing for God, you know, like performing to get his applause or anything like that. But instead, we're supposed to allow him to flow his life and love through us, to us first and then through us to everyone around us. And I love that we can't give something away that we don't have. So, for example, if her best wasn't good enough to win that competition, but it was her best, that's all she was expected to do. She wasn't expected yeah. to do more than she could do. And yet, when God calls us to do something in in particular, if if it's of Him, He's going to give us the resources we need to complete it. Um, you know, and we yeah. can count on that. We can, you know, Noah building the ark. I, I said, th- I think a lot about him because um, I feel like a lot. That's like my life. That's also, eventually mentor millions of women around the world is this vision in my heart and it's like kind of building Noah's ark. It's, you just have to, just keep working at it. Get put the put the nail in the wood today here and there and watch what God's doing, you know, but it doesn't all happen all at once. And and with with Noah's ark, you think about all the resources he would have needed to, to put that thing together. I mean, how would he yeah. how would he even begin to come up with enough resources? to build that build that ark and yet he did he built the whole thing when god calls us to do something you know he provides the resources when god calls us to take down a goliath he provides the slingshot and even the skill to you know to to shoot it right and hit it right the other one you have here is that god takes each of the pieces of our past and applies them to our future i love that
1: yes i love how it's like He's taking these pieces and he's saying, you know, someday you're going to need this piece and Mm -hmm. you're going to need this experience and this is all going to come into play. And, you know, it it really came into play with us as as filmmakers because, you know, when I, when Fred and I, well, I thought I was going to marry someone in the ministry. I just felt confident that God wanted me to be a pastor's wife (laughs) or I was going to be a missionary's wife or whatever. And so I just knew that's what I was going to do and then i was i was actually um registered for seminary and i was all set to go when fred and i started dating and it was very confusing because i was like i know that i'm supposed to be marrying him but this doesn't This doesn't make any sense, God, (laughs) you know. I've certainly been doing this, and he was a business owner, and I remember walking down the aisle looking at him going, God, I am so confused because Mm. I thought I was supposed to do these things for you, and this man owns coin laundries, and I know he's never going to be a preacher. You know, I know this, Mm -hmm. and I don't understand, but I just knew. God's like, trust me, trust me. And it's just Mm. so cool to see how he had these technical skills, and he, you know, knew all about the camera and the editing, and I had all these little things that I had done in my past. I had been a writer. Uh, I was a journalist, but, you know, I had a writing background, and I had been a teacher, and I had directed drama at church, and it was like God took all those skills, and Mm -hmm. when we started making movies, each of them came out. And you know how you were talking about with Noah and the ark, the thing that's always stood out with me is that he built the ark and he didn't have to go round up the animals; they came to him. Right, right. And so I've always been amazed. Like I, I do the work. Like you know, when we've made movies, it's like I, I make the movie, but then God is the one who's responsible for getting it where it needs to be. He knows who needs to see that movie. And I always think about you know, with all the animals, it's like He'll bring the people to him, whoever needs mm-hmm. to see it. And I think too. Uh, when, I'm, when I've made a movie, I feel it's so important that, again, I can't control where it's going to go, but I can control the making of it. And so it's so important to me that I use that as a witness to all those people that are involved and yeah. that the whole movie-making mm-hmm. process is a witness to God, and you know, we're working on this, we're working together. He's taking all these little strengths that each one of these people has and putting them all together so that together we can create this story that is going to impact lives. And I had this experience, our first movie that we did well, not the first one, but the first one that we did for distribution and i didn't know what i was doing at all i mean i was it was, i was really bad because i hadn't I, I didn't know how to be a filmmaker i was still learning and we had this one scene where we had all these people in this in the scene and it should have been more but a lot of them didn't show up so it was really bad because it was supposed to be this class reunion and we had all these people that were supposed to come and they didn't and it was just chaos hmm. and then we had ordered some barbecue that was going to be our lunch and they forgot like they didn't somehow or another it got messed up and so we didn't have lunch and so we had um, one of our lead actresses who lived in Atlanta got the dates mixed up and so literally we're supposed to be filming and she sees something on Facebook about it and she calls me and she's like am I supposed to be filming today and we're like yeah and she's in Atlanta so she's got to get from Atlanta to Tennessee Hmm. for us to film so it was just this crazy day but um, and I, I just don't even know. I'm not always the kindest person. <laughs> you know. Like, I would get really impatient, at the, especially at the time. And years later, I ran into this woman, and she's like, I don't know if you remember me, but I was one of the extras in your movie, um, in that scene. And she's like, I was just so impressed with you because she's like, I've done some other, I'm not a Christian, and I've done some other Christian movies, and they didn't walk the walk, but you did.
0: And I was like, oh,
1: I can't believe she saw that because I was thinking, you know, how short I must have been with people because I was just Mm -hmm. so stressed out. And Mm -hmm. so it made me really aware of our witness to people. Right. And um, we had a similar experience with Summer of '67. We had all these people were doing the scene. It's outside, and it rains. I mean, we're talking this torrential <laughs> downpour <sound laughs> out of nowhere. And so uh-huh. all these people are just on our front porch, and we couldn't film. And I mean, people had come in from out of town, and we had to film it that day. And it was just crazy, but we were all just having a wonderful time, just waiting until the rain went away. And some of the people didn't even get to be in the scene because they had to leave. But one of the moms of a little girl, she she told me that night, she's like, you know what? When I was tucking her into bed, she said it was the best day of her life.
0: <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, that's really
1: sweet. And so you just never know how God is going to use you in the most roundabout ways. <laughs>
0: Well, and he uses everything. I have a friend who always says, God never wastes anything. And I love that phrase. Um, I remember years ago, I was playing the piano for a church, and I, I started playing the introduction, and I wasn't hitting any of the right notes at all. And as I'm, as I'm actually just completely blowing this introduction, I'm thinking to myself, I don't know how they're going to know what note to start on because I haven't <laughs> hidden any of the right notes yet. And I thought, I don't know what else to do. So I just stopped and I looked at the song leader and I just said, I'm just going to start again. So I just started again and it went better the second time. But I was kind of mortified, you know, I think mean, it was embarrassing. Yeah. And um, later, one of the moms told me that um, a few weeks later, her daughter had all, all of a sudden out of the blue, her teenage daughter had said, you know, if something like that ever happened to me, what happened to Marnie? She said, "I think that's what I'm going to do too. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna stop and just start again." And she went on to play <laughs> keyboard for for a big a big band. And um, uh. you know, you you don't know. Like I've come to really view James one differently in the past a year. I think even just six months, uh, where I've really been coming to this point where. When um, when troubles come, I just start getting excited. Like, okay, this is this is just this is just the the prelude to something really great that's coming. Um, you know, count it all joy when you fall into trouble. And I've never been able to yes. understand that passage practically. I've been I've been able to understand that God was calling me to it, but I haven't really been able to understand mm-hmm. it practically until this last this last year. And now now I really do believe that God takes the pieces of our past, and if you would even just say the broken pieces of our past, and he applies them to the future and to this beautiful collage, um, this beautiful stained glass window that he's making, and it, it, is, it is absolutely gorgeous what he's doing. Your next one is ideas are a dime a dozen. It's what we do with them that counts.
1: You know, in addition to making movies for the since two thousand and thirteen i have um I've had a blog where I interview people and review movies and so it's been kind of interesting getting to know a lot of people in the film industry and it's so funny how many people you'll and they'll say like oh i I'm working on a movie." And it's like, okay, great, you know, and and so they're, you know, working on screenplay, and they'll say, I need your help, and so I'll say, okay, well, you know, have you read any books, or have you gone into any conferences, or, you know, what have you learned to learn about it? Oh, no, I don't want to do any of that, I just want you to, I just want you to help me with it. (laughs) And it's like, well, no, you have to work at it, and you have to study your art, and you have to do this. And, you know, I know you've probably met a lot of people who are saying, I'm going to write a book someday, You know, like, I'm going to do this someday. And so often we just talk about it, but we have to do it even if we're not equipped. Even, you know, when God tells us to do something, He expects us to do it, not just to talk about it, not just tell people, someday I'm going to do this. We just start working with the resources, you know, whatever slingshot he has given us. But, you know, just like with David, he was using a slingshot, but God had provided all those experiences with the lion and the bear and all that. So he was equipped with it. and. Uh, you know, whenever I'm doing things, it's like I've, I look back on how God has given me these different skills, and it's like, okay, I'm just going to do it. I'm not just going to talk about it. I'm going to do this.
0: Yeah, and it's the equivalent of somebody wanting to learn to play the violin or the piano, but not wanting to practice. <laughs> you know, I just I just want to know I just want to know how to do it. I just yes. Um, I mean, it's, just it's, earlier today, I just I said to a girlfriend earlier today. I can say all day long that I'm an African, but the reality is I'm not. I'm a Caucasian. Right. <laughs> and yeah. no matter how much I believe I might be able to be a, an African, I, I'm never going to be an African. I mean, God could do a miracle right. and turn me into an African. But honestly, I'm a Caucasian. And so sometimes you yeah. just have to say, you know, faith Faith is wonderful, and faith goes so far. But faith is not going to overcome what God has given as laws like gravity you're not going to stand on the (laughs) edge of a cliff and say god i'm going to jump so i want you not to let me fall because i have faith yeah um there are just there are laws in place that we have to be aware of and and one of the laws is that we have a responsibility that we have a part to play in the different things that god calls us to do and be involved in in our lives. and so um i i love to ideas are a diamond you know when we owned a restaurant and a retail store I can't tell you how many people had ideas for us. Um, They would come and they would tell us what we could do and how we could do it and how we could make all kinds of money. And after a while, after a while, I just started, I just started coming back with the one phrase. Have you ever tried it? I just, I just would ask (laughs) just real simply, but have you ever tried it? Well, no, but I, you know, I know it would be great. I was like, yeah, but if you've never tried it, then it's just an idea. It's just an idea. Yeah. (laughs) So. I think I think to yep. be able to actually put legs to it and to, to say, okay, if this is the idea God wants me to do, then I'm going to have to put legs to it.
1: Yes. Oh, that, that's really funny. That's a good response. I know that makes me think of like with um, movie reviews or, you know, book reviews, how you have all these people that are like these experts that will criticize all these little things. And it's like, well, have you tried to do this? You know, like, right, have you ever you, done it? You know?
0: Have you ever, have you ever
1: yeah. done it? <laughs> right. And, and, and I, I honestly feel like a lot of movie reviewers are wannabe filmmakers. And so mm. they're just criticizing mm-hmm. because they haven't done it. And one of mm. our um, filmmaker friends, he told me, he's like, you know what? He's like, you cannot take to heart all the criticisms that people will throw right. at you because there's going to be right. people that he's like, you can't take to heart the, the bad things they say. He's like, but you also can't take too much to heart the good things because there's going to right. be people that are going to rave and you're not worthy of those raves. you know. So you're somewhere in between those. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And it kind of segues into the next thought, which is the world judges us by their understanding of Christianity.
1: It's so funny how, people like they think everybody thinks they know about the bible i mean non-christians you know they they know a verse or two or they've heard a story or something and so everybody considers themselves an expert on what a christian should be like and i think so often um a it can be really bad because like they're confused a lot of times they're very confused and so um they're they're judging us based on something that we're not even expected to be like you know like have you heard some like it's funny cuz my son-in-law his he always talks about his mother's favorite verse is um god helps those who help themselves
0: yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's like
1: mom that's um. not a verse <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But, you know, I think so often non-Christians, they'll have this view of Christians and what they should be, and they're going to judge us on it. And right now, everybody is judging us on love, which, you know, the Bible does teach us about love. And so often we're we're falling short because they're like, you know, Christians are supposed to be loving, and they don't necessarily see us as loving. They see us as critical and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it's kind of hard to and um you know i have honestly i have no idea what i was getting at when i said that (laughs) like as far as you know what point i was making at the time but i just know that it seems like with movies a lot of times they'll judge christian movies based on what they think christianity is and um people will judge us based on their misconceptions and they're not necessarily the truth and we have to kind of be aware of that and I really don't know. I'm sorry, Marnie. Well, that's <laughs> okay. Actually, be yeah, no, that's fine. That's fine.
0: And, you know, I was um, on my way back from Asia um, last weekend. I was on a long flight from Hong Kong to Dallas and I was sitting next to a man. And at one point we started having a conversation and it turned to God. And he talked about how, when he was, Growing up, his family lived in the center of seven churches, and so his family didn't really go to church anywhere. But he would just take turns going to church, and he would go to church at the Baptist church, and that's the Catholic church, not the Mormon church, not the Presbyterian church, and not the uh, Seventh-day Adventist church, and at the Jehovah's Witness church. And so he had all this confused um confusion yeah. about, you know, who God is, who Jesus is. What, what is the truth? I and mean, he was just very, um, so many different inputs. And he told me, he said, But the only things that I keep going back to, the only thing I can come up with is that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And I, mm. I wow, that's amazing. And I just drew him the bridge illustration of the cross being the bridge between man and God. And I said, mm. I said, This really is all you need to know is that Jesus yeah. is the way. The way to bridge that gap between our imperfection and God's perfection. And He is the truth, and He is where your life is. And if you just keep track of that, all the other things really don't matter that much. And so I think that, you know, the world judges Christianity by all of the things, all of the confusing messages that they have heard their whole life. And it's kind of like to me how they say um, a woman wants to marry the man who is a composite of all the wonderful characteristics she's ever seen in men, including her father, her grandfather, her uncles, her brothers, you know, just, uh, whatever the pastor. Yeah. She just takes all their good qualities and she says, That's the man I want to marry. But unfortunately there's no man like that because that would, you know, be the perfect person. And um right. so she gets she gets who she gets. But I think that's kind of how the world is for Christians too. They really want a Christian to be everything they've ever imagined um, that a good person, a loving person should be. And our reality is that, well, I, I like how my husband does it. He clenches his teeth and he says, now this is me trying to be very patient with you. <laughs> and it's not like human patience. Whereas the fruit yeah. of spirit patience is not that way. The fruit of spirit patience is actually just patience. You're actually just patient. Yeah. Um, You have patience, and it's not you trying to manufacture it. It's you actually having it. That's the difference between trying to serve God as a Christian versus uh, trusting God to flow through you as a Christian. And I I actually love that one a lot. The last one we have is when you're beat down so low, there's nowhere else to look but up. That's when we look up to see the face of God.
1: And now that is actually a quote from um, summer of 67 that we had in um, uh, the graduation scene at the beginning of the movie. And I have found that so often God allows us to fall down just so we can look up and to see him because it's so often when we are feeling so confident and we're like, oh, I can do this. I've got the world, you know, I I got it all under control. We forget about God and we forget that we need him. We forget how fallible we are. And then something happens and suddenly we realize, God, we, we need him. We can't do this on our own. And it's so cool, though, because he is there, and he is waiting for us, and he's like, here, you know, I've, I've got this. And he reaches out his hand, and he just picks us up. And a lot of times we're, we're down because of our own mistakes, because we fall down because we don't know what we're doing. And he still, he just picks us up, and he carries us with him. And that's one thing I, I just love about with Summer of 67, um, our final movie. And it's a Vietnam War love story told from the women. And the cool thing has been the, the whole message is that God is there whatever happens to us, God is there with us. And I, I made it for a secular audience to be able to appreciate it so that it wouldn't just be for Christian audiences, but that they would see that Christians still struggle. Christians still have problems. Bad things happen to Christians. But the difference is that we have God there with us and picking us up. And it's been so cool to see all the places that God has taken that movie and all these, like, obscure these film festivals where it'll be all these horror movies and really raunchy stuff and then our movie and I'm always Mm -hmm. like I I don't understand why they pick it but it's so cool because it's people that would never Mm -hmm. go to a church who would never you know probably willingly watch a Christian movie and I'm like it's so cool how God can take that message of I'm gonna pick you up wherever you're at I'm here for you Mm -hmm. and you know just that message of encouragement for the world
0: I especially love the story of Peter walking on the water. Um, it's just such a profound picture of how we are when when we are eyes on Jesus, then we can yes. be going through the worst possible storm in our lives and walking on the water. And then as soon as our eyes are back off Jesus and onto the storm, we begin to sink and Yes. Um, just how the, the, that analogy to me, I, I mean, the thing I have is just look up more than you look around. Just keep looking up. You know, you just, yeah, you, yes. you can see that the waves are here, but the waves are not what are important. No. The the thing, the thing that's important is that God's got us.
1: Yes. And now the coolest thing, speaking of storms, is. I do a prayer retreat um, all about storms and how how our prayer life and tying it in with storms. And, you know, growing up in Florida, I know a lot about hurricanes. And the coolest thing about hurricanes is the eye of the storm, how... It's just the most surreal experience to have a hurricane hit you and you've got all oh, that horrid wind and rain and then you get to the center and it's blue sky and there's not a cloud in the sky and it's so peaceful and then the other side of the storm comes and it and it'll, you know, have the wind and the rain but it's not as bad as the front side. And so it's so cool to think about as long as we're in the center of God's will and we've got our eyes on Him, mm-hmm. we can have peace even though there's a storm raging all around us.
0: It was interesting just a couple of weeks ago, I was in Africa talking talking to them about um, prayer. And what was funny is I was talking to a group of women who had never been in an airplane. I mean, they're just living out in the oh, jungle. wow! And um, so I was able to just tell them with fresh eyes the experience of flying up and how you mm. always get to sun. You, you, eventually you get through the clouds and the sun is mm. always shining. And it, when we're down here, we lose that perspective that the sun is really always shining uh, and we get all overwhelmed with the storm clouds and, you know, the, the, uh, the hurricanes of life or whatever it may be. Oh, I
1: love But that. the reality
0: yeah. is that God is always there. He is, always peaceful and calm he is always sitting on his throne and we have nothing to fear and so i love that so much well this is just so fun i love talking to you i love how god, god. twisted and turned your life to get you to go exactly where he created you to be and <laughs> i love your stories um you have a website called uh, it's just your name sharon wilharm.com when people go there what do they find when they get there
1: Well, they will find that my main theme right now is prayer. It's kind of cool. I've discovered that throughout everything God has called me to do throughout my life, the common thread has been prayer. And so I hope that they will see that. And I'm really excited that God now is allowing me to fulfill the vision that he originally gave me, and that is speaking to women's groups. And Mm -hmm. so they can find out about me as a speaker and about my prayer retreats. And, um, of course, they can also find out about the movies. Um, It's there as well. And um, I would love to, you know, I look forward to sharing prayer stories and guiding women in their prayer walks.
0: Hmm. Do you have a theme verse for life or a verse that's a special verse for you?
1: The verse throughout most of my life has been Jeremiah 33, 3. And I just love, you know, thinking about how God has such great plans for us. And, um, you know, they're good plans. And we just have to always remind ourselves because sometimes we, we lose track and we're thinking, you know, what on earth is God thinking at this point? But I'm always reminding me myself of that God's plans are, are so good for us.
0: So that is, I'm peeking at it here real quick. Um, oh, Jeremiah, I'm in Isaiah. I'm like, that's not making sense. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Jeremiah 33.3 says, um, Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things. Um, yes. Which you do not know. That's so cool. That's a great one. I was thinking about there was um, I was actually grabbing my Isaiah because uh, years ago when we were traveling one time, God gave me this verse. It was we we were just buying the retail store, and I was overwhelmed with the responsibility of it. And while we were traveling, He gave me Isaiah forty one ten, which is, Fear not, for I am with you. Do not look around you in terror and be dismayed, for Uh I am your God. I will strengthen you and harden you to difficulties. Yes, I will help you. I will hold you up and retain you with my righteous right hand. And I I had underlined, I had underlined, I will harden you to difficulties. Because that's not, none of us uh, want to experience so many difficulties that we get hardened to them. (laughs) But yet at the same time, it's truly a gift to, um, to have a shield of faith that is so tough that the difficulties just don't even... You know, yeah, maybe you feel like okay, yeah. an, arrow, an arrow hit. I felt that, but I didn't feel any pain. I didn't feel mm-hmm. any scorch. I didn't, I didn't feel the arrow pierce my soul. I love that. So, yeah, it's yeah. really cool. God's got, got, got some great verses in there. Well, Sharon, thank you so much for your life, for your ministry, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. And you guys, thank you for being here. Be sure to check out Sharon's homepage over at SharonWilharm.com. Also, you can find her at womenspeakers.com, along with about a thousand speakers uh, available to you for your upcoming events. Be sure to check that out at womenspeakers.com. And then my website is marnie.com, M-A-R-N-I-E.com, and you can learn more about my ministry and um, over there. If you are looking for more radio shows from 2019, you can go to transformationradio.com. And if you are looking for previous training programs, you can go to Marnie'sFriends.com, And all these are available to you around the web as well. If you are interested in hosting this show on your website and putting a player box there, just go to blog talk radio forward slash transforma- or perspective transformation, and you will find the ability to download a player box there. Thank you for joining us. I hope you have a wonderful rest of the day, and we'll see you next time at Transformation Radio.